Yes now, and welcome back to episode 71 of the Top Low Podcast. And I am very happy to be rejoined by no other than HGA Guards UK. Harry, how you doing, my friend? Yes, good. It's good to see you back on. Um, I feel like it's been a bit of a while, but, um, you know, life comes at you quick, doesn't it, as they say. So, but no, yeah, good to be back on again. Good to be joining you again, Ron. Um, so, yeah, I'm doing very well. Thank you, mate. How are you? Well, yeah, I can't complain at all. Um, got to start off one place. Obviously, sadly, you weren't with us last week, but it was following on from the very good news, obviously, of us winning podcast of the year. And I know you wanted to say a little thing, even though I, we did put a statement out on both of us, but of what a lovely occasion it was. Just a shame, shame we wasn't up there for it. Yeah, it was a, it was a massive shame. And obviously, we did look into it uh, to going up there for for the award show and for the, for the Scotland show in general. But, um, you know, obviously... The cost of flights and stuff and life in general so we couldn't actually make it up there but i mean yeah there's there's not really there's not really a lot of times in life i'm speechless but um it was a it was very flattering obviously to, to hear we did win podcast of the year obviously up against three other great nominees so to come away with with, with the win really did i'm sure it obviously shocked both of us as much as it did as much as it did me so um yeah we're obviously massively shocked but also very pleasantly surprised obviously that the that the award did, did come home with us. Um, I'm sure we will have the awards to show on the podcast in the very near future. We can uh, have that sap on Ronnie's little uh, little side cabinet up there. Um, as I have, I have let Ronnie take home the, the award. I know such a gentleman. I know you can all thank me later. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, just to say a massive, massive thank you to everyone that tunes in every week, everyone that voted. More importantly, for us on the on the awards, it really does mean a lot to both myself and and Ronnie. And you know, for me to say my little piece, yeah, a massive, massive thank you to everyone for all the continued support. Um, and you know, for everyone that, that did vote, it really means a lot to both of us. And as I said, to walk home with uh, podcast of the year for 2022. 23 really was uh really was really special so um yeah that's definitely one for the uh for the cv that's for sure yeah def- definitely going on the old card hobby cd but no, need to add that into the instagram buyers now don't we yeah that's what we need to do a little trophy emoji like yeah. but no yeah like i say i echo all their statements again and like we say now it's uh going to be a challenge to try and retain it next year which obviously we'll try to be doing our best with some exciting plans coming up but like i say it's a very weird place to hobby at the moment. And there's one place I wanted to start off. So you brought it up yesterday when we was talking off air, but Instagram. Mm. I, I've spoke to a fair few people within the hobby scene at the moment. Obviously, this is not directly card related, but everyone, most people have Instagram for their cards. The like, the actual accounts reach, the likes, the views and all that is so down at the moment. Like, I know they keep changing the algorithm and now with threads coming out, which we were talking about in a moment, but it just seems at the moment that there's no traction on cards at all on Instagram. It's probably an echo of it's a busy time of year. People are starting to go away. People are working hard like before they go for their trips, but it seems very quiet. Even stories and everything just seems really quiet. Yeah. I mean, I've said on here previously a few episodes ago, obviously the algorithm Instagram is a little bit, up in here at the moment and i feel like it's become even more apparent since threads obviously was um released or founded whatever you want to say um but yeah it's just even as much as the the story views the instagram likes like everything just seems to have gone to pop um i don't know whether you know you need to be consistently posting day in day out stories every hour i don't know what the algorithm is but at the moment yes yeah, since realistically properly since threads has been become sort of quite more apparent that 
we've seen a real dip in the algorithm and we've seen a massive influx of, you know, a, a drop in views, a drop in likes. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just really random, really random. I think, you know, I was even saying to you the other day that, you know, my accounts reached in the last 30 days went from my like 1400 to 500 in the space of like three days. And I was like, how is that even, even possible? But, you know, it's not directly card related. And you know, today, if you're posting content, you enjoy, it shouldn't matter to what, you know, um, extent it reaches or to matter of accounts it reaches but it's just really random that i was bringing up to you as an off air it just seems really bizarre how you're taking a massive turn all of a sudden and everything's dropping and you know you can't get or reach that many accounts anymore it's just yeah it's really random um you know whether threads is now a thing we start using threads more to to open your account up on instagram or not um i don't know but yeah it's just seemed very very weird how the algorithm is now chopping and changing Instagram from what it used to be. Yeah, like I say, it's been a trend downwards anyway within the last year or so, but hopefully something happens because it's it might just be a case of people not looking at it, which is fair enough. And obviously now it seems threads they're trying to push this, which is more of a Twitter equivalent, obviously, to the metaverse. But I think the only time we'll tell really of the Instagram, and no doubt someone will work out the algorithm sooner rather than later and then we can all jump on the latest trend wherever it works out because it was reels and it could be back to pictures it could be music who knows but moving on to the more cardboard related stuff which everyone's really here for and you've got to start obviously there's been quite a busy period for releases it's good like panini have delayed a load of products and they're all now coming out within two weeks of each other we've had impeccable as of today that's gone on dutch auction for first off the line Chronicles released last wait, last Wednesday, Thursday. You had Immaculate as well. So for Panini alone, before we even consider talking about tops and some of their stuff, it's been a very busy period. And I think the three sets are highly highly looked at. Obviously, Impeccable, we're waiting on the checklist, which should be out within the next 48 hours. Immaculate did come out. And I think it's kind of resembled the hobby in a way that in past, there was this massive hype around Immaculate. Everyone was talking about it, but kind of gone under the radar. Obviously, I think with the cost of living crisis and all that, it's not, no one can really afford £1,500 on one box. And don't get me wrong, they look good, but the odds of making your money back on one of them boxes are so little that I think the modern the modern hobby is just waiting to buy singles. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people including myself sort of you know when i when i first started in the hobby that i stay in a box breaks week day in day out week in week out and it got to a point where i was like actually i feel it's become more beneficial for you to to wait a month maybe a couple of weeks for the prices to sort of start to sort of plateau out and um you know just buy the singles that you actually want and i feel like more people are i don't know i'm speaking on behalf of me I, everyone else may disagree with me in which case fair enough but people are starting to still almost cling on to that and be like, okay, you know what? Yeah, fair enough. Like, especially products like Impeccable where the the, the price is so high for just a play, let alone a whole team spot in, in some breaks. So, um, you know, to have the ability to then be like, you know what, cool, I'll wait a couple of weeks, wait for some singles to be listed on eBay, whatnot, Instagram, wherever, um, and then buy the singles that you actually want as opposed to entering a box break where you're a pot luck, whether you actually put anything one that you want and two of any monetary value so um yeah singles i think for me is the way forward and it has been in the hobby for a little while now we've seen particularly card shows um where you know these these sort of single boxes do very very well um but you know potentially it's, it's, it's a it's a way forward in the hobby you know um buying the singles and 
you know, breaking will always be a massive thing. People always enter breaks, religiously enter breaks, and you know, it's also part of the hobby. But I know for me particularly, I've I've stayed sort of pretty clear from entering into breaks and just particularly buying the singles that I want to buy and buying the cards from the sets that, that I wanna I wanna collect. So whether that's becoming a more apparent thing in the hobby at the moment. Um, I said, we'll see with some of the cost of living and the people not being able to enter breaks as much or having the affordability to to enter these big breaks like Impeccable and Immaculate, for example. So, um, yeah, you know, buying singles for me has always been the way forward is what I've always done. So I don't know about yourself, whether you feel a similar opinion, whether you think, you know, I'm, t- I'm talking out my ass a little bit or not. But, um, but yeah, that's where I think my opinion pretty much lies in terms of buying singles. Yeah, I think especially for what I collect, it's it's always nice to have the occasional little box break here and there or case break if you can afford it. But singles is just such a like such an easier way around it. That say for example, a lot of the stuff I'm collecting at the moment is women's, and the odds a there's not much breaks of that. But if there was a break to come up, it'd probably be chrome, and it would be quite expensive. So for me at the moment, what I'm PC and it's very hard to buy into breaks. I can, I bought into a case break of the new Topps Chrome just to buy into it, but obviously it's a hard like say for example you're spending 10, 15 quid on a box. The odds of hitting a card worth 10 to 15 quid, like you were saying before, is so low that all right, one in a hundred you might hit it to 25 if you go for a couple of hundred, but it's a gambling at the end of the day. If you I don't I like gambling in certain aspects and it's fun, but if you always just do box breaks and that's what you like doing, fair play, but for a collecting standpoint, box breaks are fantastic, but it's it's very hard to really boost the the PC of what you want without actually buying the individual items. That's how I see it. So at the moment, I'm a lot just buying. To be fair, I'm not even really buying at the moment. But if I was to buy, I'm just buying singles here and there if they pop up, especially after women's stuff. So it's just one of them that I think I think we're both very similar in that that we'll have a look here and there if there's a nice card, we'll watch it for the however long it's left on it and then make a move near the end like would you rather say for example arsenal with 10 pound in a chrome box would you do five box breaks for 50 or probably get a gold like a gold color of one of the cards for 50 you you're probably going to go for the gold option every time so especially for like most box breaks now it's just easiest by singles and i think that's how the uk scene is going sadly at the moment but people it's just so expensive to do anything like just to be able to go to work is expensive now with transport as well at home with all your bills but looking at panini's release and obviously chronicles is normally such a rated and overhyped set fantastic chases and even that i think has been a bit of a damp squid so far so to speak of um just not really seeing much of it seeing a few breaks here and there it looks okay um Typical Panini just recycling all the same imagery of the same players, and that gets tedious. Um, for example, there's a Thierry Henry Prism card within Chronicles, and it's the identical image what he had in 2018 Prism. It's just like, come on, like the geezer played hundreds of games of football for Arsenal. Just go and get another image, get something different. We don't want the same ones every single time. And I feel like that's one thing as well that the hobby are realizing that a lot of the stuff is pretty much the same, but it's just glammed up a bit differently in, oh, this is prism. This is select. And I think people just get a bit bored of it. And when a new set comes out and people really like the look of it, that's why I think select went down so well, because it was different. You had different parallels, you had different fitnesses, different looking cards. 
that it went down well. And all right, the hype has died down quite a bit now. So it's been out for so long. But Chronicles, it's near enough always the same stuff. Prism, we've had Prism already. We're not, we don't really care about that anymore. Then you've got in it, it's like, don't get me wrong, there's some nice cars, but in general, I think Chronicles is either a hit or a miss of how it actually set up. And sadly, this year was a miss for me. I know you haven't seen much of it yet, but by the few pictures you've seen, it's kind of the same old, same old when it comes to Chronicles. Yeah, I think to revert back a little bit, the the picture usage from Topton Panini, I think, is becoming a bit of an issue just in how repetitive it is. You know, we have seen the same picture across multiple different sets, multiple different years of the same player week in, week out. You know, use Thierry Henry there as a fine example where he has a lot of cars of the exact same picture. And it's just, you just think you've got the whole of Google to get a picture of Henri playing. It could be anything. And, you know, it just, I get there are some iconic pictures that he has. And I think it's the one that is the legendary talents from Prism. Um, it's in the same one for his club legend autograph in Prism. It's the same one for every other set that, that you've seen him in. Um, I think I think he's got the same picture in Impeccable as well. Like, it's just sort of like, you know, why recycle and reuse the same picture when there's so many different outlets out there you can go down? Um, I think you hit the nail on the head there when it's about sort of select and why select was such a big success with the different variety it had in there. Um, you know, obviously, for starters, you had the tie, like the camo and the zebra um, parallels, which obviously I think went down a bit of a, a bit of a treat and were very, very popular, particularly the camos are probably a bit more of a, a nicer price range. Obviously, we're considering the print runs were like 199 and 299. Um, but I think that's that's again back up your point, which probably why Select was such a big success because of the different the differentiation between that and any other set that's been released recently. So, um, yeah, like I said, I, have, I haven't seen too much Chronicles, I don't think too much Chronicles has been released yet, but um, you know, I'm sure if the checklist as and when that gets released, I don't know if the checklist has been released yet or not, running. Yep, it's out. Yeah, I'm sure we can review that uh, at some point and have a flick through the, the Chronicles checklist. Um, but yeah, like we said, I mean, Chronicles, we, no, nothing will top that that particular year, um, obviously in which that it was a, it was a massive success. But, um, you know, just need to change that with the imagery. It's, it's not difficult. I mean, and that's why I think, again, Stadium Club Chrome um, is such a, a niche set because of how the different variety of pictures that they use. And, you know, I've always said, and I will always stand by, if they, were, if they could bring back Club Chrome for Premier League again, it would be incredible. Like the the imagery they use on that would just be phenomenal. I think to have that back in a Premier League set, I'd love to see it. I would love to see that. But, um, but yeah, so we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, with Chronicles being released soon and, and, and what that's about. And yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll go from there. Yeah, I think like I would say Chronicles first off the lines. I've seen a few blocks of them being ripped now, and it's another thing. It's just how it's set up. I don't like it personally. It's Three boxes, obviously, three different leagues, 15 cards per. Most of the time, it's 12 base out of all the 15, if not 13, 14 base. Most of the time, one auto, two mem cards. It's it's a bit repetitive, and I think people are getting a bit fed up with it. And I feel like people are always going to look back on, like, I know you were just orientating there, the 2019-20, so I called it the so-called golden era for Panini there, especially for most overall releases that, it was such a popping time within the hobby that obviously you always have that rose-tinted glasses effect of that certain time period. Looking at Chronicles with the cracked ice, I don't think there's ever going to be 
a crap nice historic ticket, rookie ticket design, which is going to be better than that year. Impeccable was fantastic from that year. Obviously, we're still waiting for that release very soon. And it's just, it's the same thing. It's literally just copy and repeat, but you just make it look a bit newer. You put them in the new kits. I'd compare it to FIFA, for example, on PlayStation. It's pretty much the same thing every year, apart from they make it a bit more glossier. And it's, you, that's why you want different sets. It's why the women's stuff went down so well when that came out of the Chrome, because it was completely different. It was completely new. The women's Domros hopefully be the same thing when that releases. Um, but it's just, you, we were crying out for something new in the hobby, a new set or just something that's not the same. And I think that's why a lot of people are slowing down is that they're getting a bit bored of it, sadly. I spoke to three or four people that are going to be leaving the hobby or have left the hobby because the prices are going up, the cars are staying the same, and the individual prices are going down in price. It makes not much money sense to actually be investing in trading cars, sports cars, whatever cars it is at the moment, which is a shame because we're losing good people out of the hobby. And I suppose that's it comes back to another case of UK versus US. UK is a collecting market. 99% of it in the US is a reinvestment market, but it's going to be quite intriguing to see. I'm very intrigued with London Car Show coming up in three to four weeks. Um, what how different that's going to be because you can clearly see the hobby change over since the course of Sandown. How cards are different, people's buying's different, trading's different, and that's going to be very intriguing. And like normally, we will have a London Car Show special of the week of event. Um, and I've got another couple of specials coming up as well, which I'm very looking forward to. But I've got to talk about one thing that's a bit different, uh, which is the Tops Showtime, which is their exclusive one. We referenced it briefly last week, before uh, two weeks ago, before we could see the uh, images coming out of it from the Scotland card show, and obviously, Jeff. But I've got to say, Harry, I think this set looks quite nice. And we, at, we've got a pledge here. We don't know the exact price point at the moment, but it's one of the on-demand sets. So we're guessing it's going to be in the... 30 to 40 pound region, which if it is, I'm, I'm actually going to look forward to ripping one at London Guard Show. Yeah. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, I've said previously on here before that I like the actual show exclusivity. I like the fact that you can only buy it at certain shows. You can only pick it up at these certain shows. And I think, you know, it brings that edge of, okay, cool. Like, this is my only chance to buy it when you're at the these said shows. This is my only chance to be able to potentially pick up a box and rip it. Um, I know obviously people will buy them and resell them on after the show and, you know, it's always going to happen. But um, I really like that, that exclusivity. We can, it's only going to be at certain shows. And like you said, the price point from what we're guessing um, is obviously, you know, relatively appealing. And, you know, I'm sure we both will be ripping a box each probably or doing some form of of, of ripping of a, of a Showtime box at London when we're there in, in under a month's time now. So the set looks good. I think, you know, for, for an on-demand set, it looks really clean. Um, some nice cards in there, some nice autos. And, you know, I'm sure you've seen a lot of boxes on Instagram or YouTube being ripped and some of the some of the pools that have been that have been uh, unopened. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what it's like in person. I'm looking forward to picking up a box and, and ripping it at London and seeing how it is. But I said the whole aura around it, I just think it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. Um, you know, like I said, exclusivity, exclusivity of certain shows, and um, it's something that I think I'd like to see a bit more of. You know, like from tops particularly having these exclusive boxes, exclusive you know sets at certain shows, like you saw at Scotland Card Show, we have it at London Card Show, where you can only pick them up at these at these shows. And I think it's, it gives me more of an incentive to get out to these card shows um, and to, to get certain shows 
not necessarily just for that particular reason, but it gives you more of a reason to be like, oh, okay, cool. Like if I go to the show, there's these certain boxes that are going to be here that I can't get anywhere else. And like I said, whereas it's quite an affordable price range, it's not, you know, high in the sky for, 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 for some prices. So um, yeah, so really looking forward to, to seeing them at, at London and picking up a box and hopefully putting uh, an Arsenal also. But um, yeah, I said, I'm really, I'm really impressed with it so far and yeah, can't wait to see what it's going to look like in, uh, in person. Yeah, and I think obviously talk about like upcoming things we'd like to see. Uh, it's been a bit of a weird whole time. We're gonna obviously of the week of the British Grand Prix, obviously just been uh, the F one scene is a bit quieter in the card world at the moment. Obviously waiting for the new season's products to launch once they do. But obviously we don't always just talk trading cards and like to sports. But it was bloody good to see Lando Norris standing on that podium, wasn't it? Oh yeah. It was it was really good. I mean, after I mean, him and Piastri hit a bang in qualifying. Uh, we'll see Q two and and Q three. So, um, I mean, we don't need to talk about Max. It's just boring. Like, you know, my my old man has a massive argument that you know it's not the driver, it's the car. And if you know you put anybody else in that Red Bull, you know they 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 do bits. But then you look on the flip side and think, well, Checker can't get out Q three. Yeah. Like Checker's not got out Q three in the last five races. I think it is. I think uh, I heard the. Heard them saying on the F1 uh, yesterday. So, but I mean, yeah, to see two Brits on the podium, obviously, you know, George narrowly missed out. Um, but yeah, to see two Brits on the podium at the home, the home Grand Prix was uh, was really nice to see, especially Lando. Obviously, you know, had a bit of a driver's life out there. Um, four obviously defended very well against Hamilton, obviously after the safety car went in. So, um, yeah, it was great to see two Brits on the podium. And as you said, obviously, Max is in a bit of a Hates me to say it, pains me to say it, but yeah, Max in a bit of a league of his own at the moment. Um, no one can seem to keep up with him. But yeah, as I said, F1 season, your season full swing. Um, but yeah, it's been, it was good to see two Brits on the podium, I think. Yeah, looking forward to when they start to roll out the new product, especially when, no disrespect to like flagship, but when Chrome starts to release, it starts to get a bit more interesting to see what they do with that. And obviously that's one of them more. In due course, we will learn out, learn more about that. And it was funny, I was having a, I put a thing on threads, funny enough, not plugging away, but it was on threads. I, <laughs> I was thinking, I was watching cricket last week and I was thinking like, what sets I'd love to see. And I, I personally can't see how it's not got an actual proper big set yet. Um, obviously, a lot of people are going to say, why are you talking about cricket? Oh, that's boring. But there is a massive audience for cricket. If you look at the English market, Australian market, and the southern Asian market especially, it is humongous cricket. And all right, they had a hundred set a couple of years ago, which was nice. And they had cricket attacks. But how... so I remember them saying they had a match attack set, I think. Yeah. And I was looking at it thinking, they've just bought out tennis chrome. I was just then thinking how nice it would be to have a cricket chrome set. And some of the cards in that would be incredible. Chasing Stokes or Root. Probably not best though at the moment, but even like some of the Aussie guys, it would be great to have like Warner, for example, Mitchell Stark. There's so many players there and I can't see how the demand won't be there. The only thing I can think of, obviously, they had the licensing with the 100. It might be a lot more challenging to get licensings maybe from the actual boards. Obviously, the English cricket board, the Australian cricket board, Indian, Bangladesh, Pakistan, for example, some of the bigger countries. But that's another set that I can't see it not doing well just because of the sheer worldwide demand. And it would, if you can crack the like the Southern Asian market for cricket, it could be humongous for the hobby. 
Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, to revert back a little bit, you know, we were talking about the the boring side of things. I mean, I've never, I've, I've always loved cricket, but I can never sit and watch it. I've always thought it goes on for so long. But I tell you what, this Ashes, I, I have been so hooked on, on watching it. And it's one of the things where I've actually sort of properly enjoyed watching cricket. And I'd love to have been there, but for years leading up to it, I've always flicked on and off, but I thought I couldn't sit and watch this all day. I mean, Christ, like you're just sitting there, you know, the bowler ball, walk back, bowler ball, walk back. And, but you actually, this Ashes, I've actually been like, you know what, there's so much more to cricket than what I originally thought. And um, you could, you could argue for a lot of things, like they, if they brought out a PGA Chrome for, for golf, if they brought out a Six Nations Chrome for the rugby or like a Premiership Chrome for, for the, for the rugby. And, you know, you could, you could easily pick out, each of the sports and be like you know imagine if they made a chrome set for golf for rugby etc etc um but i think yeah to bring out a cricket chrome where he said the following is absolutely huge all around the world like you know you saw many people fit into 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 old trafford and that and and for the, for the ashes so um yeah i think it'd be pretty cool if there is a, a tennis a tennis a cricket set um that's the wrong bat and ball game um i uh a cricket set, but like you said, I mean, you know, with the with, with the one hundred set, you said obviously it's difficult to get the licensing for, so you can only imagine what it's going to be like if they released uh, a Chrome set. So, um, but I mean, yeah, like I said, if they were to release like I said, a, a PGA Chrome or you know a, a Six Nations Chrome or any any of the above, I think you know it just brings a different aspect into the hobby, and you're also including a lot wider variety of people in an audience. You're your sort of your demographic, your target market is being expanded just from releasing one set. Um, then I said if tops then base themselves at Six Nations games or uh, the or um, uh, the Ashes or cricket games or uh, you know PGA tours, like you're already then gauging the audience around that, like they set up at Silverstone at the weekend. So yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see how likely is it. Let's have a conversation. Um, but yeah, it's definitely some some great ideas that you could throw out there from what they could what they could do with it. Yeah, I think it's one of them that we all have our dream list that they would bring out, like certain athletes that we'd love to be able to get one time. Obviously, even like I was thinking like the Olympics, for example, obviously you get like the adrenaline and you get the odd sticker book for Olympics. But imagine like an Olympics trading cards and like, just stuff like that would be so cool. And I've no doubt that there's people who are on a lot more money than we are and a lot more influential than we are in the trading card world are thinking about this. And obviously... Most of the time, it comes down to the bottom line at the moment. If it works out financially, and but like I say, some of these big sports stars who a lot of other sports, it's not the same as like the Premier League, where you just buy the rights for the league. You've got to buy rights for the individual players, and then they if one player gets X, the other player wants double that, and there's a lot more to it. So like I say, hopefully we see some different sets in the near future. And talking about tops, there was an absolute ginormous card pool last week and when I see it I think everyone see it within about 10 minutes of it being pulled obviously the absolute freak show in the NBA who's just been drafted Wambanyana everyone is you know when someone transcends sport when people who know nothing about basketball go who's that really tall French fella I keep seeing everywhere yep that's Wambanyana one of one super fractor also from Bowman Chrome was pulled his first one of one auto. There are a lot of there is other one of ones, but they're all redemptions. Um, a aesthetically pleasing, unbelievable card, um, and God knows how much money that card is going to be worth. <laughs> Especially until he gets his like into Panini stuff and gets his actual NBA license stuff for the San Antonio Spurs. 
that is the card for someone out there to buy it. How many hundreds of thousands? I don't know. I think they was getting quoted at about quarter of a million to half a million at one point, but it's until someone lets it fly at Golden or PWCC or whatever it is. It's one of them cards that everyone's going to be dreaming of owning it, but for, for all of us, it's dreaming of owning of it. Yeah, I think, you know, you, you spoke about Wimeniano, obviously, in the two episodes ago, I think, weren't you? Obviously, a little montage about him. So, you know, I said, we, we even spoke then about the Bowman Chrome. Um, you know, the one-on-one Super Factor Auto from any set is is the, the, the grail. But I said, for a player of his calibre and for a player of his, you know, um, current sort of like all around him and where he's set to be, he said, obviously, first draft as well. So, um, you know, one of one super factor, and you've got to let that fly on golden. I mean, you know, like you said, if you're getting quoted quarter of a million, half a million, you know, you've got to let that fly on, on, on golden. So, I'm interested to see if it does get put up for auction and what it goes for because that's got to be a, a ridiculous figure. Um, but yeah, that is that is a card and a half. Like I say, it would definitely be setting the record for the most expensive non NBA basketball card. I think we know yeah. that for sure. Um, and it's quite intriguing. I'm really, really interested. I know I said it too. He said when it, when the license stuff starts coming out of the actual NBA, I've been in a San Antonio shirt. It's going to be unbelievable to watch some of them box breaks. And I'll no doubt for people who don't realize a box of NBA Prism can run at about a thousand dollars area on the resale market. And which, when there's a high chase like or Embanyada, it's going to be doing that. And no doubt people will probably be spending two, two fifty, three hundred dollars for him in a break, which is going to be crazy to see some of the hits. But like I say, it's, it's quite intriguing just to see all these different players around the world when they go into their respective hobbies. I know it's another one in the women's basketball sales is not as big, but there's Kathleen Clark is a massive talent gone into the WNBA, which is fantastic to see. And her prices are reflecting that as well. But obviously the American scene is a lot about prospecting and who knows with this Wembanyama? He has the ingredients to be brilliant. Uh, for people who don't know, there's a thing in the NBA it's called the summer league. It's when the younger guys play in Vegas for a couple of days just to show off what they've got. And it's like a mini tournament. Played a couple of nights, played really well, and then they pulled him because they don't want him to get injured for the real season. But I'm talking about obviously basketball there. Obviously, it's quite off season for the other American sports. But we were talking about the hobby in general just before we come on. Obviously pickups and everything's quiet like we've not got any pickups for the moment because at the moment we are saving ourselves for the london card show uh hope to make some nice pickups there get some stuff off for grading but just want to i did have one pickup earlier yeah. today didn't i yeah you had one but <laughs> yeah you had one like to be fair i could say i've got a stack but they are just stickers so i'm not really counting yet but yeah, yeah. fair yeah fair. You, can, fair. you can hit the people with your pickup before we talk about a bit of grading I mean, I, I I love this pickup. So I, I sent it to you, I think, two days ago, didn't I? So I've just seen it on eBay, though. This is, like, really random. Like, I've never seen this before. And it's a player that probably no one ever... You said this player's name, but nobody ever thinks Arsenal. Everyone thinks Everton. Um, but, yeah, come up on eBay. So it's from 2018, Top Chrome Premier League. Um, it's none other than Alex Iwobi. Um, it's an auto orange to 25, uh, PSA 9 with the auto being authenticated. Um, got up off uh, US eBay. Um, yeah, saw it. I sent it to Ron and I was like, mate, this just looks like weirdly 
nice mm. um and for the price i got it for as well i think i got it in the end for like what i'd say uh 85 dollars 80 dollars i think it was so i was like you know what for a card 16 or 25 uh psa 9 auto authenticated for uh, that year chrome was probably one of the nicest chrome years ever ever released so um as i said a play that you probably mostly resemble with everton um but i saw it i was like you know what why not i'm sure third down to listen to this i'm sure they want i'm they know i'll be coming to them for an orange slab mag the color match for that but um but yeah that was my one pickup recently really um anyway carry on ron as you were i just wanted to get yeah, like no. two pence in there at least some, someone's picking up some stuff like you know what no. i mean like i had a few last week to be fair so it's made up for it but we'll talk about grading briefly and a no as of recording psa specials for the national have not been released even though they have got one special on for the 1980s cards at the moment but I think everyone's kind of holding back for the national deal. Like we're, I, I'm speculating. I've been listening to a few PSA podcasts, and they've been humming and erring about returning it back to like the twelve dollar area for grading. So I'm hoping it'd be like 1980s to modern uh, sports trading cards will be around the twelve dollar mark. Which, if it's the case, it's returning back to the value of what it was pre-pandemic or back 2020 area, which will open up the door for a lot of cards getting graded, especially PC items, because if people are not resending them for a profit, you're like, do I want to sink 20, 25 quid into grading it? Probably not. But if then if you're getting the option of a tenner, it opens a lot more cards get graded. So mm. just talking about grading, obviously I know there's a few items that you're debating sending off within the next few weeks, but it seems at the moment that I've seen a lot more people rather than buying, actually grading what they've got, which is fantastic to see in the UK scene. Yeah, definitely. And like, I know we've touched on the subject before about how much more easily accessible grading is um, with these American companies from within the UK. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's say grading as a whole is very popular within the UK. You know, it's not as easily, the turnaround isn't as quick in the UK compared to what it is in the US. Um, also, you constantly use like a middleman service within within the UK as well. But um yeah, people are grading a lot more for the PC, which is which I which I really like. You know, I know we both said pre- prior to being on air that um we've got a, a few items each that obviously we would love to send up to PSA, um, hopefully at London or within the very near future anyway. Um but yeah, it just brings that element of like, you know, at that price point, that's it. If you're at the national especially going to come along where you're looking at a ten pound a card, it's a bit of a no-brainer. Like, you know, it's cheaper than SGC, cheaper than, you know most other prestigious grading companies so um especially within, within the us anyway so yeah i think to, to bring that national special and to, to have that would be would be wicked and i think you know you see a massive influx i'd love to see the psa breakdown um of the cards they graded in a month uh the with their month after the national um to see how many cards are graded or sent off during the national special so um but yeah i think you know the whole aspect of grading for the pc and and that has become a lot more apparent recently and I think it is really positive to see. Um, but like I said, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to sending a few items off myself. Um, hopefully at London. And then uh, we'll see how long the wait is until, until I get those back. But um, hopefully it's not too long if PSA pulled a finger out. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward. Probably the first, you know, apart from the ticket, be the first time I probably go to PSA. Um, so hopefully they don't don't disappoint and get a nice a nice grader. Yeah, you just pray on that one. It's luck of the draw, but <laughs> I think especially is if I, what is no one wants to show their hand first. 
SGC don't want to put out that they're doing it for $15 and then PSA will come out for 12 or vice versa. PSA come out and say 15 and then SGC do it for 12 So it'd be very intriguing to see when they are announced their specials for them ones. But likewise, even I know, for example, for me, I've got quite a few tickets I want to get done and a few sticker packs as well, which I'm going to get sent off to MGC very soon. Um, definitely going to be one I need to just submit at some point. But it's just been like, I feel like it's a really collector's based market at the moment, uh, which is fun. Uh, just waiting for more stuff. Probably need to start moving a few items to try and make space for something because I'm, I'm running out of space in my case. Uh, but like I say, it's going to be an interesting few weeks on the podcast. We've got a, a few specials coming up next week when a certain person in this group chat is sunning themselves off on holiday. Meanwhile, the other person is staying in lovely London. Um, I wouldn't go as far as sunning myself up, mate. I've got like a lobster. So if I come back on the podcast red, just don't say anything. But have that to look forward in two weeks' time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for anyone, anyone, anyone watching, look forward to when I'm back on in two weeks' time and I look like I've burnt to a crisp. So, yeah, next week we'll be joined by Jake from MGC, which will be a brilliant special of catching up with him, obviously, on the, I think it's the fourth appearance of MGC on the Top Loader podcast. Yeah. Uh, we're talking all things sticker packs, normal packs, ticket grading, normal grading, some of the big items that they've had graded, which will be a fantastic episode we'll be bringing to you next Tuesday. The following Tuesday after that, in the week building up to the Women's World Cup, we'll be having a Women's Hobby Special Edition where we're focusing on everything to do with the women's scene, cards, stickers, people within the hobby, which would be another fantastic one. And then last but not least, it would be then tying into near enough two weeks before the London Card Show. And obviously the week prior to the London Card Show, we will be hosting another London Card Special, obviously joined by Harry again from the London Card Show. El Toro will be joining us on that one again. And then we'll be opening uh, to another vendor to come on as well. So it'd be very intriguing. It's the last few weeks now building up to London Card Show. And I feel like it's the perfect kind of prep, getting some big episodes done. Um, to celebrate, obviously, the award win. But like we say, this is just how we want to start pushing forward, bringing more specials and more ideas. And no doubt me and Harry are going to try and get some live podcasts done soon as well, which will be a new aspect for us. But like we say, it's been it's a bit more of a busier week within the hobby. But like I say, let us know what kind of stuff you're chasing, what kind of sets you'd like to be seeing as well. And then, but most importantly, what you've been picking up or what you've been grading. But most importantly... Are you just saving your money for all the card shows? Because it is a very busy card show season at the moment. But from me and soon to be on these holidays, Mr. HJA, we'd like to say thank you very much yet again for listening to another episode of the Top Loaded Podcast. Hope you're buying, selling, trading, grading and all of that good jazz. But most importantly, happy hobbying and good night. <laughs>